Welcome to the special birthday edition of Velvet Owl Watches Movies so you don't have to. It's my birthday, and if you're listening to it on my birthday, I thank you. And even if it's not my birthday and you're listening to it, I thank you anyhow because you're listening to it, which adds like a half a penny to my count of money I'm making off this podcast. Yeah, I can't retire off of this yet. I I haven't even earned 10 bucks in over a year of doing this podcast. Oh my God, it's been over a year that I've been doing this. What am I doing with my life? I'm I'm halfway to my goal, I think, which is I want to make at least 100 episodes of this podcast, and then I'll probably hang it up for good. So we're getting there. We're getting there. So this week, we are watching Red Velvet. Not to be confused with the David Lynch classic Blue Velvet. I chose this film because it takes place during a birthday party, and... Half my name is in the title. So it just seemed like a good fit, right? The description is, A random encounter between a man and a young woman at a laundromat reveals a story about a birthday party massacre by a white-clad maniacal killer. Do-do-do! Oh, it stars Henry Thomas. Um, Which I'm assuming is the Henry Thomas that was in E.T. Which is one of my favorite movies. So this all ties together. This is the perfect film for me to watch on my birthday. Except I'm not recording this on my birthday. I'm recording it ahead of time to make sure I can get it posted so that it would uh, be up on my birthday. So, we're going to pretend it's my birthday. It's my birthday and I can watch Red Velvet. Is that how they go? Blue Velvet, Red Velvet. Um... Although I do love Red Velvet Cake. It's some fucking good shit. So on with the movie! Also, a little extra... I don't know if it's, like, irony, but if this movie takes place, at least partly, at a laundromat, I am also doing laundry while watching this film. So, kismet. Is it kismet? Kismet, I say. Kismet. So... Let me press play and let me watch Red Velvet. So we start off, it's the opening credits, and Henry Thomas, at least I'm assuming it's Henry Thomas, kind of looks like Henry Thomas. I don't know, Henry Thomas was the kid in E.T., So, but I think I've seen him in some other movie after he was an adult and he looks familiar, so I'm pretty sure this is Henry Thomas. And he's trying to get some work done, I think. He just seems to be trying to write stuff in his, like, little daily planner thing. So I don't know what the work he is trying to get done actually is. But he's having trouble because he's hearing the upstairs neighbors just yowl and fight. And, which we all can relate to. We've all had that neighbor that just, they fight. And you're just like, please stop it! I'm trying to write into my daily planner! And he decides, you know, he's got to do something about it. Not while they're fighting, of course. Later, or maybe the next day, he's peeking through his little peek hole and sees that she's struggling with her laundry basket because it's laundry day, I guess. And it's his time to make his move. And he gets in his car and he follows her to the laundromat. 
You know, totally not stalkerish at all. Okay, sorry, something screwed up and it didn't record my last bit. So now I gotta try to remember what happened in the film, then <laughs> restart. So, um, yeah, he ends up at the laundromat and he's got his laundry. So it could just be complete coincidence that he went to do laundry and just ended up at the same place. Maybe he saw her with the laundry, went for a laundry basket and thought, oh shit, I gotta do my laundry too. Or he could have just gone to try to watch her wash her unmentionables. Because some people, not me, perhaps, like to go to the laundromat to watch women wash their panties and then fold them. But I will not say that that is something I did. So, but she notices that he has the exact same shirt, not wearing, but tossed it into the laundromat, the exact same shirt that she's currently wearing. And so she tries to start up a conversation, but he's a complete asshole to her. And they talk and it's complete, like just assholishness with 5% awkward flirting. And they decide, well, you know what? We seem to hate each other, but we're both hungry. So let's go get some lunch. So they head over to the Chinese restaurant, and Henry Thomas is all like, I've got magic powers! Woo! No, he didn't say woo, but he claims he does, and he pinches the back of his neck, and it makes the waitress suddenly come over, and he's able to not, order, not just order for himself, but order for her. It's a complete dick move, really. Like, you shouldn't order for the lady, but... He somehow knew exactly what she wanted to order. So it's all good. And then he has a cockroach on the back of his neck that the waitress comes back and squishes. I'm not sure if this uh, is particular, like if it means anything, but yeah. So then he tells her that he's a writer and she asks him to tell him a story. He's like, all right, I shall tell you a story. So in the story, there's this family that's sitting down for spaghetti dinner. But the mom, she's a crazy. And going insane and yelling at them and seems to threaten the little boy that he's going to kill her once, you know, his sister and daddy are gone. She's going to kill him. That's at least what I infer. And this isn't just like me, like doing like crazy exaggerations like I often do. Uh, it did really seem like he, she wants to kill him. And, of course, the blonde neighbor girl, she's, like, just bored with the story. She's like, oh, this is so lame. And Henry Thomas is like, but there's more to the story. Back in the story, it's bedtime, and the family gangs up on the mom. No, not that way, fucking sick pervert. And the three of them smother her with her pillow. And she's dead. The end. And neighbor girl's like, that story's lame. And you know what? I agree with her. She may have been acting a bit like a bitch, but that was a lame story. And neighbor's like, you know, I mean, excuse me, I am kind of being bitchy, but I was supposed to go to a birthday party today, and my boyfriend decided he wanted to watch the ball game instead, and it's up at the lake, so I can't drive 55. 
because her car is like a shitty car, so she doesn't think she can really make it all the way. And I'm going to guess that Henry Thomas, he's going to give her a ride. And then he's going to drive her up to the... Like, ah, yeah, that was just a terrible, terrible one. But, yeah. But she's like, I want a scarier story. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got... I've got something truly scary. So he goes to tell another story. The new story takes place inside the Chinese restaurant. And it's because there's a ninja who's come and chopped off the heads of the people cooking. The restaurant staff couldn't think of the words. And the ninja takes the head of the waitress and cooks it into some stir-fry. The ninja takes off the mask. And it's the neighbor girl. <laughs> and she's like, nah, that's still lame. So he's like, well, you know what? I'll make a custom story to cheer you up about the birthday party. So she gives him the basic details of, you know, where it is and who's showing up. And he's going to tell her. Damn good story, I hope. I was expecting her him to drive her up to the party, but I guess a story about a birthday party is good. Well, I mean, you know, they've got their laundry, so he can't just drive her up right now. So there is still hope that maybe after the laundry's done that they can go to the birthday party. That's what I think. So up at the cabin, this Jim Morrison wannabe shows up. And he's the birthday boy. And he's with a very generic looking woman. Who I guess is the neighbor's sister. And they go inside. And a bunch of generic looking friends. Just, yeah. Nothing I can really say about any of them. They just are kind of lame looking. I think there's like three guys and three girls. Because these things always work out evenly like that. Um... Yeah, always have an equal number of guys and girls at these things. No loners who are there without, like, a mate. Or, you know, just not being straight. And they have a very generic-seeming party that is, like, very boring. And the neighbor girl agrees with me. And she's like, wow, this story is just lame. And he's like, you gotta give it time. I've gotta set up the characters first. Which is the tough part of, like, storytelling is you do have that just kind of awkward beginning where you gotta have to, like, set up the scene, set up the characters. But it is possible to do it in a non-fucking-boring way. So, I question this guy's storytelling skills. Now, Henry Thomas and the neighbor girl work together to come up with what the killer's gonna look like. And he's got, like, a ski mask. With a Polaroid camera taped to his head so that he can take pictures of his victims. Sure, why not? Let's go with that. Um, I guess it's easier than just carrying the Polaroid camera. Which, I mean, yeah, I guess, because you want both hands so you can kill the person. So, at the story, the partygoers have decided, hey, let's go skinny dipping because... Hey, it's a horror story, and that's what young, attractive people do. 
Not being young or attractive myself, I've never been skinny dipping. But, so they go, but one guy stays behind because, I don't know, I guess he has to look over and make sure nothing happens to the cabin. And he's there, and the killer comes, chokes him to death with, like, a phone line or something, and takes a picture. And the neighbor girl's like, that's just fucked up. Keep in mind, she's been complaining about how, like, the story's been lame, and she helped come up with the killer. What was she expecting? That the killer wasn't gonna kill? And then take a picture of the victim? I am just confused as to what she wants out of a story. And that's the other problem with storytelling, is the audience just doesn't know what they want. So, she's done with the story, because, you know, she needs to get back and do her laundry... So remember, that was the original reason why she went out in the first place, was to do her laundry. And, unfortunately, Henry Thomas thought they had something, so he goes full incel on her, and like, oh, you know, your boyfriend sucks, you should be with me, because, you know, I'm a good guy. And she gets mad, and she storms off. But, unfortunately, you know, he's also doing his laundry, so he has to come into the laundromat. And, you know, they try to apologize, like, oh, you know, we're just, you know, being assholes, and she's just mad about the birthday party and all that. And then Henry Thomas starts being an asshole again and kind of being all incel, like, dump your boyfriend, be with me, and, you know, just pissing her off. It is not a good way to, like, win over a woman's heart. So the group is skinny dipping, and wannabe Jim Morrison runs off with his girlfriend into the forest. And we finally get some boobs as they're down to fuck. And fuck they do. Now, of course, this is a horror movie, so you know what happens. People are fucking, means the killer comes, and he kills the nerdy little friend who apparently followed along to watch them fuck and was jerking off. And he's dead now. And the couple finished fucking, and... They figured that the nerdy friend was watching them because, I don't know, I guess he's just a nerdy little pervert. And I'm kind of confused because then the girl says, like, oh, you know, I'll go and I'll fuck him. <laughs> like, I, don't, I mean, is that all it takes to get fucked these days? Just watch other people fucking and the girl will be like, huh? You want to watch? You can fuck too. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. So, she's off to find the nerdy little friend while wannabe Jim Morrison um, does sort of a back roll to stand up. Pretty impressive. I am now rooting for this guy just for that move. That was a pretty fucking cool move. So, wannabe Jim Morrison, I hope you survive. I don't think you will. But meanwhile, he's heading back to see the rest of the friends while the girl's off looking for, you know, the nerdy friend. And she finds the nerdy friend all right, chopped up, and... Tied to a tree. And the killer comes and chops her head off. Now the neighbor girl is all like, Ah, oh, this story is so sick. Well, you know what? Fuck you. You were complaining that, you know, the other story where the mom got suffocated by a pillow, you're all like, oh, this is such a lame story. And now you got a story where people's heads are being chopped off and you're like, that's sick. Now fuck you. You asked... For the violence to be kicked up a notch. And you're getting it. And 
Neighbor Girl is also upset because the story is just, you know, way too fucking cliched. Like, oh, they're having sex and the slasher comes and kills them. So, and plus, apparently wannabe Jim Morrison is gay, so he wouldn't have been fucking this girl. So, Henry Thomas decides he's gonna switch up the story a little bit, and now the nerdy friend that was jerking off, for some reason, is inside of a hole. He fell in, and the girl that was looking for him, she gets pushed in, and they're like, oh no, how are we gonna get out? And there's a rope. They start pulling on the rope, but little do they know, the rope is tied around an alligator, or maybe a crocodile. I don't know. I don't know the difference between alligators and crocodiles, except that alligators will see you later, and crocodiles will see you in a while. But, other than that, it's one of the two. It comes, and it eats them. Because, well, I mean, the bright side, you can't say that that's a cliched scene. I I don't think I've seen that in a horror movie before. Now, everyone, except for the two dead friends, are back at the cabin. And they're not too concerned about their other friends, because, hey, you know, they're probably just fucking. They'll be fine. But, oh, no. Apparently, they're the only ones that know how to cook food. So, if they don't get back, they're stuck with red velvet cake for dinner. Said red velvet. Roll credits. Mm, I could go for some red velvet cake. Why did I not ask for red velvet cake for my birthday? God damn it. I'm going to have to go out and get some, aren't I? You want fuck it. I'm an adult. I do not need to wait for my birthday to eat birthday cake. So I don't care. Tomorrow I'm going to go out. You know, the funny thing is I'm saying this, but again, it's not my birthday yet. So I can... It's not my birthday as I'm recording this, so I can ask for Red Velvet Cake to be there on my birthday. So, when you're listening to this, hopefully I will have eaten some Red Velvet Cake. And so, wannabe Jim Morrison goes to the shed, and then there's, like, a patriotic stripper or something, and fake Jim Morrison gets tied up, and they fuck, and I don't know. And I'm not going to really explain this. And it has nothing to do with the fact that it's gay sex. But just that I can't understand what the fuck is going on in this scene. Like, uh, why, why do horror movies, like, directors don't believe in good lighting? I want to see what the fuck's going on. I don't know. I am confused. But then the killer shows up with a giant saw. And he's a very musical killer because he plays Happy Birthday to you on the saw. Before using that giant saw to slice the stripper in half. And I, you know what? I'm not sure that the guy was a stripper, but he's got a patriotic suit. So either, you know, he's Apollo Creed or he's a stripper. No in between about it. So he gets sawed in half and the killer makes sure to tell wannabe Jim Morrison that it has nothing to do with them being gay. Just very considerate. I appreciate that the killer does take the time to make sure people don't know. It's not a hate crime. He's not killing people because of their lifestyle. He's just fucked in the head and he likes to kill people. Back at the cabin, the two girls, who I think are the only ones left alive, are dancing until they pass out from being tired. I I take that back. Wannabe Jim Morrison isn't 
dead yet, at least that we know of. He's still just tied up. But the girls, they dance and they pass out. And, oh, laundry's done. So, neighbor girl's like, okay, see ya, bye. And Henry Thomas is like, don't you want to know the ending? It's almost done. And she's like, yeah, not really, but I'll probably see you around maybe sometime in the future. And although there's still like half an hour left in this movie, so I'm guessing it's not going to end here. And I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out that these killings really did happen over at good old Cabin by the Lake. Did it happen? We shall find out. Eventually, maybe. I hope so. So neighbor girl gets home, and she's pulling her laundry basket out. And then she seems kind of surprised by the fact that Henry Thomas has pulled up. He's there. Oh my god, what's he doing there? Are you... I don't get why she's surprised. Is she just, you know, playing to be surprised? Because where the fuck did she think he was going to go after he was done with his laundry? They finished at the same time. They live in the same apartment complex. Gee, is it really that surprised that you both showed up at home at basically the same fucking time? Oh. And very tense and awkward ride up the elevator. And see you later. And she goes to her apartment, and the game is blaring on, but her boyfriend's not there, and it's just a big mess of chips and everything. Hmm, I wonder. It was earlier, and now I don't remember if I brought it up or not, but, you know, one of the stories he was telling was, like, about her boyfriend dying in the apartment, being choked by pennies and change, and... You know, now that I think about it, I don't think I explained that. Um, yeah, he was telling a story of all these different ways that her boyfriend died while in the apartment watching the game. So I wonder, is that what happened? I don't know. And I don't think... If it is, I don't think she's found out yet because she starts knocking on Henry Thomas's door. And she seems upset, but not, I just found my boyfriend dead upset so there must have been no body at least none that she found because she thinks that her boyfriend just completely bailed and left which of course pisses her off because you know he said that he can't take her to the birthday party because you know he wants to stay home and watch the game and then he's not even home watching the game fucking asshole and so henry thomas is like well you know let's get revenge I'll drive you up to the birthday party. And she's a little reluctant at first, but fuck it. She wants to go to the party and she wants to say fuck you to her boyfriend. So the neighbor girl packs up her things, including a pink hammer. Because, you know, that's not a bad idea. Because you still really don't know Henry Thomas that well. And he is kind of creepy. So, yeah, I mean, this could all be a ruse. Like... Oh, I'm going to take you to the party, except uh, we're going to take this detour and, you know, use your imagination on what possibly could happen. Bad things could happen. She's got the pink hammer in case. And so they're driving up and, you know, Henry Thomas is all like, you know, I don't understand the saying, don't have a cow. Which is true. It's one of those sayings, like, you stop and think about it 
And it's like, wait, what does it really mean? Like, don't have a cow. Did you think I was going to have a cow? Where would I get a cow from? Where am I going to keep this cow? And really, is having a cow that bad? I mean, I can kill it and eat for days. And I better kill it soon, because its flatulence is going to fucking destroy the ozone layer some more. And, you know, also, bullshit. You know, why is that a bad thing? Bullshit helps fertilize ground. Or fertilize grass. And it's like, yeah. Bullshit isn't a bad thing. Bullshit is a good thing. And she counters with, yeah, but vegetarian shit... Their shit is smells bad. She's like, okay. I haven't really, like, stopped and dissected the difference between what a vegetarian shit's, vegetarian shit smells like and a meat eater's shit smells like. So I'll take her word for this. And so she asks, well, since we're driving on the way, finish the story. And he's like, okay. Don't have a cow. And... Yeah, he actually did say that because, you know, they were talking about don't have a cow. So he's got to use that phrase. And so back to the story, the two remaining girls, they're starting to get worried about their friends because, you know, they've been gone a long time. And it's like, even if they just had gone out to go fuck, you know, that was hours ago. Fucking only takes a few minutes. I love these girls because, you know, they don't have unrealistic expectations of what it's going to be like when I fuck them. Yeah, just a few minutes if you're lucky. And so they decide, like, okay, let's go search for our friends, even though it's super dark and super scary out there. Which, you know, it is super dark and super scary, but they're your friends. So I'm glad that they're going to, you know, help their friends out. So now we get all the super cliched, they're, you know, stumbling around, along the woods and they think like they found their friend like, oh, everything's okay. But no, their friend is dead. And then the killer starts chasing them and <clears throat> they stumble across more bodies of their friends like, oh no. And the killer keeps chasing them. And then he kills one of the girls by smashing her skull in with two hammers. And he proclaims it to be hammer time. And it's a beatdown. Or a breakdown, or something, or just some painful pun. But, you know, he's banging on her head like it's drums, because he's got two hammers. And now, neighbor girl's, like, kind of like, Oh, 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 hold on! My sister is still alive, and you better keep her alive. You know, and Henry Thomas is like, What? It's just a story. And she's like, I don't care. She stays alive. So Henry Thomas keeps his word, and neighbor girl's sister is the final girl, and she drowns the killer, who turns out to be, dun-dun-dun, Henry Thomas. Woo! And neighbor girl has decided she actually likes the story. Um, probably because, you know, her sister survived and killed Henry Thomas. And they're pulling up to the cabin, but, wait a minute, kind of weird. All the lights are off. Seems like no one's home. Spooky. And then they hear some screams from inside. Oh no, something's happening to her friends. She's got to go inside and save them, but Henry Thomas is like, 
no, this is dangerous. And, you know, we should drive back and get a cell signal because there's no cell coverage up here. So let's go where we can call the police. She's like, no, I can't wait. It's my friends. So he's like, okay, you wait here and leave at the first sign of trouble. I'll go investigate. And so he does, and she stays put for a few minutes. And she's like, this isn't right. I can't wait any longer. So she goes inside with her trusty hammer, and she sees it's Henry Thomas. And oh no, he's being choked out by the killer, just the way they imagined in the story of the killer looks. So she goes to save Henry Thomas and starts smashing the killer's head in with that claw end of the hammer. And then she takes off the mask, and it's her sister, which causes her to pass out. Like, oh no, she just killed her sister. So I'm going to take a guess. And you're probably guessing along with me. And I think we're both going to be right as long as, you know, we're both guessing the same thing. But I think that her sister was already dead and Henry Thomas was faking it, making it look like he was being choked out. And then uh, neighbor girl kills this, thinks she kills the sister. And Henry Thomas will parlay this into fucking the neighbor girl. Maybe not necessarily. Maybe he just hates the neighbor girl and just did this to like, fuck with her so he's fucking with her but not he's trying to fuck with her not necessarily trying to fuck her but either way my money is on that henry thomas killed her sister and then faked it to make it seem like she was trying to kill him so i was right it was all ruse and henry thomas ties up the neighbor girl and he's about to kill her but then She's saved by her boyfriend who beats the shit out of Henry Thomas and smashes his face in cake and she delivers the death blow with her hammer and happily ever after, right? Except then the boyfriend starts coughing up and puking coins. Like, oh no, he's dead. He was always dead. It's a fever dream that she's having as Henry Thomas is burying sand on her because she's down in the grave and he's just burying her body for the final death blow or something. I don't know. I'm just checking out at this point because I'm now fucking confused because I don't know really what his plan was, what he did, how he pulled this, all this shit off. You know, maybe he really is magic, like he said earlier. Like, how he managed to you know, kill all her friends and her boyfriend, who the reason she didn't find his body is he his body is hanging up in Henry Thomas's closet. And I think it was his brother because he said something about dad would be proud. But then the corpse kind of reanimates for a second and kicks Henry Thomas into a window. And his mom, who's the crazy mom from the story at the beginning, comes and yells at him, and it's over, and I have no fucking clue what happened. So, yeah, that was Red Velvet. As you might have expected, not as good as Blue Velvet. Uh, Could have used a little Dennis Hopper going crazy. But, you know, every film 
could benefit from having like just Dennis Hopper showing up and going crazy. And, you know, what a birthday treat for myself. I'm glad that I'm not actually watching this on my birthday because I would be just very sad if I spent my birthday watching this thing. But happy birthday to me anyhow. Uh, if you've got any comments, leave a comment on YouTube. If you're <clears throat> on YouTube, if not, you could always email me, velvetal at hotmail.com. Wish me a happy birthday or tell me like a movie you want me to watch so you don't have to. Um, click like and subscribe if you can. I don't really know what that means, but I hear like every other fucking like podcast say that. So, yeah. Do that if you'd like, you know, if you want, only if you want, you know, and yeah, the pod other podcasts will say, please, but you know, they try to make it seem like it's kind of mandatory. Like you have to do it. Fuck that. If you want to lick and lick and subscribe. Oh, that would be awesome. Yes, please lick and subscribe. Um, until next time. Yeah. I don't know how to end this, so I just will. And I want to thank the Living Brain Dead for providing the official theme song for Velvet Owl Watches Movies So You Don't Have To. It's called Never Fuck With Cat Girls, and you can get it at livingbraindead.com, which you should totally do. They are not paying me for this, so I shill them out of my love for the music.